Okay, guys, um, welcome to another edition of Culture Class Podcast, the podcast where we get to interact with people from different backgrounds and get to learn about other cultures and what's going on in places around the world. Today completes our Hispanic Heritage Month series. Obviously, if you listened to the podcast last week, you know, I talked about NSARS and what's going on in Nigeria. I initially wanted to drop a follow-up to that, but, you know, for the sake of our listeners who are listening from other parts of the world, I just decided to do an intro instead. So since last week when I dropped the episode, um, protesters in Nigeria continued to protest, and unfortunately, reports were that uh, military officials and the army in particular opened fire on protesters and killed a number of them. The number is reported differently according to different news organizations, but it's just such a sad scene right now in my country because it has now led to like widespread looting and, you know, people are going around breaking into businesses, you know, looting things. And some people are even discovering warehouses filled with foodstuff and things that the government supposedly were used were supposed to use to you know help people at the height of the COVID-19 pandemic in March April earlier this year but they were being kept in warehouses for for months so people you know looted that as well and not just Nigeria like quite a number of countries in Africa are going through a lot of stuff right now in the Congo, it's uh, hashtag Congo is bleeding. A lot of uh, Congolese natives are bringing attention, the world attention to what's going on in the Congolese mines, where there has been widespread exploitation for years and years now. Mines in the Congo where cobalt is mined. Cobalt sites used to make uh, lithium ion batteries and... Uh, you know, like metal screens for phones and things like that. Um, chances are you're using a phone that's, you know, has a byproduct of cobalt from the Congo because I think Congo makes like 50% of the world's cobalt, something like that. In Namibia as well, um, Namibia hashtag shut it all down where a lot of people are protesting against gender-based violence in the country. South Africa, hashtag, am I next? People are speaking up against rape and harassment against women. In Cameroon, the Anglophone crisis, which has been going on for years. People in uh, southern Cameroon wanting to secede from the country. Some people call it the Ambazonia civil war. That also has led to some deaths recently. Liberia, the rape national emergency going on in Liberia right now. Ivory Coast, Ghana, child trafficking. Just a lot of things happening all over Africa right now. I don't know what's going on, whether these are coordinated, like just our thoughts and prayers from Cultural Class Podcast go out to, you know, citizens of all these countries and even the whole continent of Africa who have lost citizens in these avoidable conflicts most of them are avoidable if the leaders just put certain things in place and implement certain things to make life better for their citizens then most of these conflicts would not be going on right now 
We need to do better as a continent, as a people. We need to do better. The global black race cannot be great until Africa is great. And we have, we own our own destiny on the continent for the most part. So we need to do better. May the souls of the dearly departed rest in peace. For this week's episode, I'm going to be reposting an episode I initially did in 2019. Um, April 21st, 2019, I interviewed a former business school colleague of mine, Natalie Arvidsson. Um, Natalie is from El Salvador, and I talked to her about the country of El Salvador, and I tried to learn some Spanish as well. You guys can tell me how I did. Yeah, enjoy that episode. Let me know. Sorry if I don't sound too elated right now, just that the last two weeks have been, you know, pretty trying times for Nigeria in particular and Africa in general. Just a lot of things going on. But um, enjoy this episode, Spanglish, with Nali Avison. First published April 21st, 2019. So if you hear anything that's dated, my bad. And the podcast is going to be celebrating 100 episodes pretty soon. And, you know, we have a bunch of information about what we're going to be doing to commemorate that. So you guys should also look out for that. Um, As usual, follow us everywhere on social media as Culture Class Podcast. Support the podcast. You can find out how at cultureclasspodcast.com. And let me know what you think about this episode. Hola, uh, ¿cómo estás? Uh, mi nombre es Nosa Iare. Uh, bienvenido a Culture Class Podcast. Uh, estoy aquí con mi amigo, uh, Natalie Arvidsen. Uh, did I get that right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Okay. Hola, Nosa. Muchas gracias por tenerme aquí. Mi oh. nombre es Natalie Arvidsson. Ar- Arvidsson, right? Yes, yes. Okay, cool. Hey, I'm learning Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> no, Arvidsson is not really Spanish, but... <laughs> not really? No, um, my great-grandfather was Swedish. Oh, gotcha. So gotcha. Okay. okay, that makes sense. Yeah. European, okay. Yeah. Okay, welcome guys uh, to another edition of our Culture Class Podcast. Uh, this is a podcast where we get to talk with uh, different people with interesting backgrounds, uh, kind of like learn about other cultures and uh, build that bridge between cultures. And I was just practicing Spanish there <laughs> for a little bit because um, my guest today is Natalie Arvidsson uh, and she's from El Salvador. Welcome, Natalie, to the podcast. How are you doing today? Good, Nasa. Thank you so much for having me. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. As usual, uh, we are recording uh, from the library this time, actually, uh, from the campus of American University here in Washington, D.C., and hopefully we can get this recording done with just in time, because I see a couple of people setting up for some kind of concert uh, in the quad outside, so yeah, we don't want music, you know, interfering with the sound, but hey, Natalie, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we start? Where do we start? Can we start from your home country? I mean, I know you mentioned uh, your grandfather was from Sweden. Uh, I'm guessing both your parents are El Salvadorian. Is that the right word? El Salvadorian? Um, yes, Salvadorian. Or Salvadorian. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, how was it like uh, growing up in El Salvador? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty nice. I mean, I was born and raised in El Salvador. My father's side was more European. My great-grandfather was Swedish, but then my grandfather was French. Mm. And then he came to El Salvador and married my grandmother. Wow. So that's how that side of the family came over. And then my mom is more Latina. Like, she's more around the area. She's, she has some Honduran in her as well. Gotcha. Um, and I don't know. I, I feel like I had a really nice childhood. Um, I had a, I have a, a couple of cousins, and I don't know. My childhood was very much like being around family. And, yeah, I mean... Also, my school, like, we went from kindergarten all the way up to 12th grade. So all the people I, I was with when I was little, like, they were, like, lifelong friends. So I still have a lot of friends in El Salvador. And, I mean, I love going back. I love the food. We have the beach super close. It's, like, one hour away from the city. Yeah, yeah. And then we have a lake also kind of, like, another half hour away. So everything is pretty close by and... I just really like the tropics as well. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. I mean, um, South, uh, I'm sorry, Central America. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, forgive me for saying that. Um, I, I was actually talking to you just before the podcast on, on how I discovered uh, El Salvador was in Central America. Mm-hmm. Because um, before now, um, before I watched uh, Narcos on Netflix, mm-hmm. I think I was watching Narcos and about the story of... Um, Pablo and I was, you know, kind of like flying drugs and, you know, he would land somewhere in Central America before he parachuted to the U.S. And that's how I discovered that there was actually Central America. But before now, it was just like North America, South America. But yeah, you, you mentioned your school. Uh, is that Escuela Americana? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I try to do a little bit of research on my guests um, before I interview them. But yeah, tell, tell me about... Tell me about that exactly, because it to me it seems because there's Americana there, so I'm guessing it's like some kind of international. Yeah, it's an American school. So in El Salvador, there's a couple of international schools. We have the British school, the German school, the French school, and the American school. Mm. And pretty much you learn. I mean, all of my classes were in English, and like from like little up until twelfth grade, except Spanish, obviously. But, gotcha. So yeah, I. I grew up kind of like in the like American system. We had to take the SATs and all that sweet stuff. <laughs> wow. But um, it was, I really liked it because I got to learn really well a second language, but then the Spanish class was really strong as well. And then you speak Spanish in your house and with your friends anyway. And even like in classes, even though it was like in English, like you were still speaking Spanish. So you get to have both languages really well. I still had a very thick accent when I moved to the United States. So definitely living here for a couple of years definitely has made my accent less intense. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. And um, talking about speaking Spanish, uh, that's also something uh, I want you to probably 
teach me <laughs> during okay. this podcast yeah. episode because uh, yeah I'll probably be interested in learning a few words of Spanish I mean I know the basic stuff como estas mi nombre es how are you you know that kind of thing uh, but yeah um, what's what's the Spanish sentence you can teach me right now off the top um, I don't know how do I say um, hey guys listen to the episode um, in Spanish maybe okay Hola amigos, escuchen este episodio. Hola amigos is hi friends. Yeah, yeah, hi friends. And uh, what was the second one? Um, hola amigos, escuchen este episodio. So here, es, here escucho. Escuche, ajá, escuchen este episodio. E escucho en este episodio. Uh -huh. Okay, <laughs> okay, 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 no problem. So uh, when next I'm in South America, <laughs> yeah, watch out, watch out, watch out. I'm coming, I'm coming. And, uh, yeah, so you touched on um, schooling in El Salvador and uh, kind of like having, coming from a, a family that was partly European and partly Spanish, and right now you're living in the U.S. So you kind of like have touched on different cultures kind yeah. of like growing up, right? Yeah, definitely. I feel like at, at first... Now I see it as a blessing. Before, I, I found it kind of difficult to kind of understand where I belonged. Because even though I'm from El Salvador, people always in El Salvador thought I was more European or American. So they would speak to me in English. I was like, no, 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 I speak Spanish. And then when I'm in the U.S., with my accent, people are like, oh, where are you from? So I, at first, I felt like, where am I from? But now I feel like it's just so cool to have so many kind of cultures, being able to have touched so many cultures and have that be just in my day-to-day -day life, I feel so blessed. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, uh, it is a blessing, especially in the world we live in today. And I, I relate to what you're saying, not personally, but, but I have a friend who's uh, part Indian and part um, Pakistani. And, you know, he talks about it a lot that, hey, you know, the few times he's gone home, to his mother's side, like to India, like everyone looks at him, looks at him as a U.S. citizen. Was like, oh, you know, you're American, you know, whatever, whatever. But immediately he gets back to America, he becomes Indian, <laughs> Pakistani. So it's kind of like, okay, where exactly do I fit? But um, with the way the world is going today, um, I mean. Um, there's something to benefit from every culture, and uh, which is one of the reasons why I started this podcast, actually, because these are conversations. I'm just interested, you know, in other culture. I like to say this a lot that, hey, we all belong to the same race as the human race. Definitely. Yeah, we may do things differently, but there's certainly something to learn and benefit uh, from other cultures. And you see this in the university. You see this in, um, in the workplace, uh, which is becoming more and more diverse by the day. But, yeah, so... Yes. But um, I was reading on the internet about El Salvador, and it apparently translates to Republic of the Savior. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, El Salvador is our, the Savior. Yeah, that translates in English like that. Is that Savior like um, Christianity or some, some, something else? Yeah, so El Salvador is a very Catholic country. Mm. Um, I mean... Like, when, I guess, back in the day, when Christopher Columbus came over, like, the first place he went, like, he called it Savior, the Savior. Mm -hmm. But we are not that place. But I guess just, um, I don't really know, like, the history of how El Salvador got, this, got its name. But it is a very Catholic country. Gotcha. And we have a monument um, 
close to downtown. That's uh, like the El Salvador monument. Gotcha. But wait, wait, wait. Christopher Columbus no, no, also no. spread his treachery all the way to uh, I mean, <laughs> Central it was America. Close, yeah. Okay, okay. Because that guy, like, yeah. till today, you know, the controversy, like, surrounding Definitely. Christopher Columbus, right? We yeah. still celebrate Columbus Day, but, you know, everyone. I mean, Chris Rock, the comedian, had this <laughs> joke where someone was trying to steal a car and the police caught him and was like, no, I didn't steal the car, I discovered it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, yeah, I think that holiday is slowly going to not exist anymore. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, another interesting thing I, I found about your country, you guys actually spend U.S. dollars. Yes, yeah. Wow. I know. I mean, when I say when I mention that here, people are all like, wow, that's crazy. So I feel like when I was little, we still had our our currency and it was just like maybe like late 90s that we changed gotcha so it's recent yeah it's fairly recent and when you say spend us dollar like it's the same currency the same linking everything is the yeah. same yeah is the price of goods and services the same as it is in the u.s no so it, even though we use the same currency like things are just some things are cheaper and some things are a bit more expensive than here. But I don't know if you go out to eat some places that like you can get a bunch of things for just like less than five dollars. But you would still use the same currency. Gotcha. What What's like a popular U.S. restaurant that's do we have like McDonald's or something? Oh, yeah. I feel like we are very Americanized. We have a lot of like the brands that you see here over there. We have mcdonald's we have i mean that we have some stuff that i feel like here that you don't longer have we have a sears oh okay. yeah so it's like interesting but there's burger king okay we have um denny's that, that's like a I know Denny's one yeah. yeah and then we have starbucks yeah starbucks is kind of like everywhere yeah and then pizza hot domino so i mean a lot of the fast food chains we have um yeah. So, um, kind of like, and why I ask that question is kind of like the Big Mac index, right? right? Which is something we learn in business school. So, if I go to McDonald's in El Salvador, um, how much is like a burger there compared to like the U.S., which is like what three, four bucks, I think. Oh, yeah, I think you can get a burger for like ninety nine cents or something. Wow. Yeah. Okay. 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 So, I guess even though you spend the same currency. There is still a case for you know GDP per capita or mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah. But does it make it easier with like paying tuition or something in the US? I yeah, definitely, because I have a friend um, from undergrad that she's Brazilian and I remember her struggle of thinking like, oh, when like the currency was different or there was like a change when she had to pay tuition, like she definitely felt the hit more than when it was like converted to US dollars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, I, when I graduated from undergrad, uh, I had a goal of like working for five years before I came to school. Mm -hmm. So I was like, kind of like saving up and saving up and saving up and saving up. And I didn't get a car and I just like had an apartment that I shared with like three other people just because I wanted to go to school in five years. And all that savings, the, when I got admission and, you know, they kind of like give you like a month or two to pay within that month or two, like exchange rates shot up like 200%. Yeah. So it was crazy. <laughs> like all my savings automatically just became, even though I had some money saved up like in dollars, but the money I had saved up in like Naira, which is like local currency in Nigeria, just mm -hmm. became like almost worthless. 
I'm like, mm-hmm. what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of like crazy. Like it's, it's it's a blessing that you don't have to deal with the whole exchange rate. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Kind that of would be very chaotic. And sometimes I forget about that, and I just know people that have to do that exchange thing. Like especially with my friend from Brazil and Honduras. Honduras is also. I mean, I have a friend, and he mentioned that. In some cases, you they use both currencies sometimes, like the U.S. dollar and the Honduran currency. But gotcha. Um, that must be very interesting. <laughs> okay, okay. And um, well, unlike me that came here to the U.S. for grad school, you've been here for a while, right? Yes. So when, when was the first time you touched down in the U.S.? And like tell me, ever? tell me that. <laughs> no, not ever. Like okay. moved to the U.S. Okay, basically. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well, that's actually a, a good question. When was the first time you came like ever? I feel like when I was little, I was like maybe four. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I feel me. I don't know if I was here before that, but I know there's pictures of me in Lake Tahoe when I was like four. So gotcha. Sure. Yeah, I mean, my from my mom's side, we have a lot of family in California, mm. and also from my dad's side, my aunt used to live in in California. So when we would come to the U.S., it was predominantly California. Or Florida because it was like closest, like Miami. Gotcha. But when I moved here, I, I went to undergrad in UC Santa Barbara in California. UC is the University of California, right? Yes. Gotcha. So that was back in 2012 mm-hmm. when I officially moved here. And then I was there for four years, moved to San Francisco for a year, but then went back to El Salvador. So I have, I have like a year in between being there, being here in undergrad and then being here in graduate school. Gotcha. And, and what, what did you study at uh, UC Santa Barbara? I actually studied aquatic biology. Aquatic <laughs> biology. Yes. Gotcha. So do you know where Aquaman is? No, no. no <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> Well, wow. why aquatic biology? Does that have anything to do with the fact that um, El Salvador uh, is kind of like an ocean country, kind of? Or it was just something you were like, interested in or what, what informed that decision? I feel like that it was definitely my, I don't know, I really loved the ocean when I was young. We, we had this beach house that we would go to and I have really fond memories about it. And I just, ever since I remember, I... I I remember being with my mom and, and my family just in that beach. We, we would have little, like, tide pools, and I would, like, be fascinated all the ocean life. Mm-hmm. So when it came to, like, my undergraduate career, I felt I was a bit lost at first. I didn't really know what I wanted to study. But then just, like, yeah, I came up, like, oh, marine, marine biology, that sounds great. Why not? So definitely I went that route. Um, when I graduated, it was very hard to find a job, so... I should have probably reconsidered, but yeah, probably because you were in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, I was in San in Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara, gotcha. But overall, just it was hard to find a job because marine biology is very, I don't know, very sciencey, and a lot of people that study that went on to the academia route, so they wanted to become professors, mm-hmm. and I feel like that wasn't really my route. I wanted mm-hmm. to do more like conservation rather than teach, so. I don't know. I feel like it definitely my studies in my biology has have led me where I am today. Now that I wanna, I'm studying business, but I still wanna focus on the whole idea of conservation or sustainability. Like I still, I still feel like even though I've changed routes, like there's still kind of an overall 
love of ocean and the earth, like, I feel like I still have it, even with my change of careers. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. And you just made me remember uh, Lil Dicky, who, re- who released, uh, what's the name of that song? Earth, I think? I think Earth Day was like two days ago or a day ago or something. Yeah. And, you know, there was all this talk about, you know, conservation and sustainability and things like that. And uh, he's a popular rapper, uh, Lil Dicky, did a song with like Chris Brown and a couple other people. He released this song called Earth. And he had all these people there, like Snoop Dogg, Kevin Hart, uh, Ariana Grande, wow. and a couple of people. So, yeah, it was a really, really cool song. Yeah. Nice. I think we're going to hear it. <laughs> yep, yep, you should. You should. What kind of music do you listen to? I like oh like Latin music. Mm, so, some Louis Fonsi or Yes, Louis Fonsi. Mm-hmm. Um I like I mean there's like Nicky Jam, Osuna. Oh Nicky Osuna. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Osuna has really become Osuna is a tacky tacky, right? I think so, yeah, yeah. I think I'm does. really bad at like remembering who does which song, but yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah, real science. <laughs> there's right. Maluma as well. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> And I think I can draw some parallels there, right? Because we have some, I don't know if you've listened to like West African music or Afro beats oh. or things like that, but I'll definitely introduce you to some like after this podcast. We, okay. we have that like sambal and some of those like Afro-Caribbean and um, um, American, and when I say American, I mean like South and Central American feel in some of our music and some of our artists are actually really popular in like, Central America and South America. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. so it's a, it's a issue. I'll introduce you to a couple of people. Like, the, the, there's a guy called Timaya. Okay. And, yeah, he did a song with Sean Paul and a couple of other people. And he's, like, he's outside Nigeria. He's really popular, like, in mm-hmm. South America and Central America. Okay. So, yeah, looking forward to listening to these guys. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, just backtracking a little bit. So, you grew up in, uh, in El Salvador. Um, your family was a mix of cultures. Uh, you came to the U.S. really young, came back, uh, studied aquatic biology on the West Coast. But right now, you're completing a business degree on the East Coast. Like, and I'll, again, I was talking to you before the podcast. Like, it's really rare to see people like move <coughs> from West Coast to East Coast. Yeah. So most people, I either move from East Coast to West Coast or Midwest to West Coast. Because those are two really polarizing, like East Coast is all like business and money and yeah. government. And West Coast is more like sustainability and, you know, caring about, you know, things like that. So like, how did you make that decision and how are you finding this so far? What what do you see strange in the East Coast yeah. culture? <clears throat> Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean... When I started to think about grad school, I had already lived in California for five years. Yeah, five years. So for my next kind of move, I I was starting to think that maybe I wanted to do or go somewhere else. Like I wanted to explore a different place. And the East Coast was starting to intrigue me because definitely for when I was in high school, a lot of people... When we're applying to schools in schools in the East Coast, but I was a bit of a rebel and I wanted to go where nobody was going, which was California. Mm-hmm. But then the East Coast slowly like started to look very, I don't know, very cool to me because you have so many cities so close. Like it seems like a, a very small Europe that you have New York, Boston, Philly, DC, all of these cities kind of like relatively close that you could you know be moving around and stuff and 
I also like the sense of like city that you hard. I mean, you can see it in California with San Francisco, but it, San Francisco is such a like city. Like it's a very like expanded city. Like it's not condensed that anything is close. Like everything is close, but then you have to drive, so it's everything is so far away from in California. So I wanted to like, go to a city that felt that I could like walk and I don't know. And also, my brother went to Penn State. So mm-hmm. when I went to the, his campus when he was graduating, I really loved the whole like brickstone buildings and it was just a different place. So I applied to American because I liked their program. I I wanted a combination of an MBA, but that I could also have some sustainability within my classes. And also there's a lot of Salvadorians here. So that really helped in my choice. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like here in D.C.? Yeah. Really? D.C. is the second largest city with Salvadorians after the capital. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. I, I never knew that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you introduced me to some Salvadorians. Uh, Definitely, yeah. Let's see. Let's see how the Salvadorians party. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Cool, cool, cool. And um, you talk a lot about Europe. Do you have... Um, like and I know, like obviously, uh, you have some European background, but do you just uh, you have kind of like an affinity to Europe? Like you love Europe? Is that somewhere you see yourself like backpacking through Europe or some, settling like eventually or something? Because I'm I'm picking I might I might be wrong, but you know. I feel like I do love Europe. Like I feel like it it is a very interesting place and definitely for grad school I was thinking of of, of like applying and going to Europe as well mm-hmm. like going and settle down like settling down I'm not sure I feel like before I I mean it's still something that it's a possibility so why not yeah but I'm not sure but yeah definitely right now my brother and my cousin live in Paris Wow. So definitely if I go but like to live somewhere I would probably think Paris because I have family there have you been Yes, I've been. Nice. I did a study abroad in Paris when I was in my undergrad. I went during the summer, so I I really loved it. It was Summer in Paris. My God, I'm jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then I've just been very lucky that I've been able to travel around in Europe that I feel like I pretty much had it down. (laughs) How many countries have you been to so far? Like in Europe or total? Total. I feel like I need to count it, but... More than 10, less than 10. I feel like more than 10. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well traveled young lady. What's mm-hmm. the most fun place you've been to so far? Australia. Like, we went together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, interesting because, yeah, uh, so we're both in the same school, right? And <laughs> I actually recorded an episode in Australia a couple of weeks ago. But I had never met Natalie in school. Oh, we had met, but I didn't like know her, know her. Yeah. In DC, in even though both of us went to the same grad school, but we happened to go to the NBA World Summit in Australia, and that's where we kind of like met. So we had to travel, <laughs> what, ten thousand miles? <laughs> yeah, in order to have a good conversation. <laughs> yeah, in order to like have a good conversation. Now we're back in DC on the podcast. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, um, she she strikes me as uh, someone who's like really jovial, um, funny. I wish we were recording this on video so you guys would see her smile uh, and I laugh. But yeah, she's, um, is that also something that 
and I know that uh, you said you spend a lot of time with your family, so you probably you know grew up uh, around a lot of love, family events, or do you have like a comedic side we don't know about? Do you enjoy comedy or something, or it's just your personality? <laughs> I love comedy. I don't think that I'm a, that much of a funny person, um, but I love I love to laugh. I feel like people when they met when they meet me, I, I I'm a very what's it called? I feel like there's a better term in Spanish, but like I'm a cheap laugh. Laughter. I don't know. Tell, what's what's the term in Spanish? This uh, is... Goza barato. Goza barato. Goza barato. Yeah. So, so I I like have like fun, or or I, I laugh very cheaply. Like <laughs> I feel like that's a weird translation, but. <laughs> goza barato. Yes. Okay, so let's break it down. What's goza? Goza is like happiness, I think. Okay. Barato. <laughs> Cheap. <clears throat> Cheap laughter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like I yeah so I I can I easily laugh at everything so when people first meet me a lot of them have told me like wow I'm like funny today or so you know because they see that I'm like laughing so much and then they realize oh no this girl just laughs at everything I'm not funny you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay but yeah I really like to laugh so but I, I really like comedy I feel like why are your favorite comedians oh my god what's his name. I like John. John. John Stewart. No. John Oliver. No. <laughs> John. <laughs> How many Johns do I know? I feel like. Oh, what country is I he have from? really bad. I'm really bad with names, but isn't it like? No. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna think about this, but I, I have. Okay. It's stuck in my head. <laughs> okay. Okay. And I and I, I asked that question right because um, I I kind of like wanted to also draw parallels in the comedy side because. Okay. Growing up in Nigeria, I knew of a bunch of comedians back in the day, like not just comedians, like in the arts in general, in culture, everyone wanted to be like the West. So Mm -hmm. when I I watched uh, George Lopez's show, George Lopez was pretty much, he's Latino, but he's pretty much like Americanized, basically. So that was my view of like. Latin. Latin. Oh, but okay. growing up and coming to the US and like, you know, getting to know like Louis Fonzi and uh, uh, is it Bad Rabbit? What? Oh, oh, Bad Bunny? Bad Bunny. I'm sorry. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Bad Bunny and uh, uh, Danny Rovira, uh, people like that. I was like, yeah. you can see like people are really, and um, to your point, right, about, you know, growing up uh, in a family with different backgrounds, like people are starting to identify with, so it's it's not as cool to be like Western, totally Western now, you know, right? People identify with, back home we have musicians and comedians and actors that act and sing and perform in local languages also. Mm-hmm. So if you watch them on YouTube, if you don't understand the language, like, and this is something that I... I uh, that was common with Gada also, who's, who's kind of like in your class. Like, yeah, yeah. There's some comedians like in, in the Emirates and in the Middle East who are like mm. performing in Arabic. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just pretty cool to see that, hey, you know, uh, you can exist outside of... Yeah, no, and that's so interesting that you say that because definitely I feel like when you think about comedians, I always immediately think of American comedians. But I have a friend in El Salvador that he recently was like, oh, I'm going to go to see this comedy show. And I was like, whoa, like that's happening in El Salvador. You know, like mm. it's cool that you also see that like where you're from and you get to hear comedy in Spanish and stuff. But it's definitely when you first, at least for me, when I first hear, think about comedy, I think like Comedy Central and 
the U.S. and stuff, you know? Gotcha. I mean, Comedy Central is pretty much dead, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really watch TV, so... <laughs> no one does. Yeah. I've, I've never purchased a TV in my life, and I'm so proud of it. Like a TV, like the TV? Yeah, like with my money, no. Oh. Like the, the only TV I've had was given to me by my dad just yeah. as I graduated um, undergrad or something. Or was given or I took one or, one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> but and that's the only TV I've owned. And I never really watched it, like, you know, wearing like you know, all these on-demand streaming platforms here and there. Yeah, now you don't uh, really need yeah, it. Yeah, people can like consume entertainment uh, however they want. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it gets... It's, and wait, let me see if I can remember. Guso, Guso Barara. You, you, you have it, you have it. Guso Barato. Oh, no, help me out. Oh, Gosa Barato. Gosa Barato. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Because your Facebook profile also says, he has a quote that says, laugh as much as you breathe and love as much as you live. So I'm like, okay. Wow, you really did your research. <laughs> no, hey, blame grad school, man. You know, everything they teach you, hey, do your research, do your research. So, yeah, yeah that, that, sometimes I approach, like, podcast interviews that way, too. That's great. <laughs> but, yeah, it's really, you have a really interesting background, and uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what you did do in the future, you know, being that bridge between um, um, somewhat of between, like, maybe, I don't want to say, I always say the West, right? So, like, yeah. the West and maybe... Latin America and the rest of the world. Uh, but what do you really want to do, like in the future? What do you see yourself doing, like either professionally, personally, whatever? So my plan for the future is. So right now I'm I'm getting my MBA. I'm almost done with my first year. Then my second year, my plan is to focus on courses that deal with sustainability and also courses that deal deal with data analytics. Mm-hmm. So I see myself working within kind of like the sustainability umbrella, but function-wise, look at metrics and how to keep like, I definitely want to work for companies to help them mitigate their pollution in the earth. So just kind of like find a way to work with like their metrics and their sustainability goals and like quantify how, like how much impact they're really creating. So that would be ideal. That would be a great path. But definitely I want my plan more long-term. I want to work, uh, I have experience abroad, so either in the U.S. or I'm, I'm really open to moving anywhere. But I want to have like good experience abroad, and eventually my plan is to go back to El Salvador. And when I feel like I'm an expert in this area that I end up doing, um, I'm able to go back and implement it in El Salvador. Gotcha, gotcha. And hey, that's a, that's a noble objective, because, uh, you know, in one way or another, we have to... Um, and, you know, learning from other cultures, but also using it in a meaningful way to contribute back to humanity. So, yeah, that's, I mean, I wish you all the best. And obviously, yeah, we'll still kind of keep in touch. So, Definitely. hey, when you're in the El Salvadorian, what's the official government house in El Salvador? So kind of like the White House. What's it called? I think we, we just say, like, the White House. <laughs> what? No, I mean, there's a house. I mean, it's white. <laughs> okay. But, no, not, oh my God. Is it a Spanish name or English? No, it's a Spanish name. Okay. No, no, we we just call it like La Casa Presidencial. 
La casa das casa is house. I know yeah. that one. Presidencia is president's yeah, house. Hey, right. <laughs> my Spanish, my Spanish is improving. Yeah, yeah it's pretty much the presidential house. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Have you ever heard about pigeon English? What? Pigeon English. Pigeon. Yeah, English. no, not pigeon like the bird. Yeah. Pigeon like P I D G I N. Pigeon English. Pigeon. No, whatever. Uh, yeah, it's it's English, but it's 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 a language. But it's spoken by people in West, Central, and sometimes East Africa, and also the islands. Uh Um, So Jamaica, I think, has a form of Pigeon English, but Barbados. So it's kind of like speaking English with an accent or Mm -hmm. some things change, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's uh, like if I was to say um, hola, for instance, which is Spanish for hi. Yeah. In Pigeon English is how far, like the words how and far. And that is hola? Yeah, that's like, if I if I meet you and I'm like, hey, Natalie, how far? Like, I'm just saying, hey, what's up, Natalie? Like, oh, how you doing? interesting. Yeah, but you're saying how far. Whoa. Yeah, no, how far, <laughs> it's not literally like yeah, how far, but, but, you know. So it's kind of like taking words. So the origin of the language, obviously, you know, colonization mm-hmm. and things like that. So... Um, I guess um, the the first generation of um, indigens and things like that, they, they couldn't really, um, obviously they had their local language, but English, English was being forced upon them. So just another version of English just developed mm-hmm. you know, and it became yeah. its own. So I, w- I always like to, uh, and now it's kind of like a classism thing that, you know, blah, 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 speaking English, speaking Pigeon English. But, you know, I always like to promote Pigeon English okay, and yeah. just, like, teach Pigeon English to as many people as I can. Oh, okay. But, so I, I'll teach you Spanish, you teach me Pigeon English. No, no wahala, no wahala. <laughs> no wahala means no problem. No wahala. No wahala. No wahala. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you said no. that with an accent. <laughs> Say that again. No wahala. Yeah, you said that with a very good Spanish accent. <laughs> no hala, yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, um, yeah. If you ever find yourself, I mean, you're going to go to Cape Town, right? Yes. In a couple of weeks. Right. So I don't know if they speak so much Pigeon English in South Africa, but yeah, if you find a couple of Nigerians or whoever in yeah. South Africa, yeah, you can call me and I can teach you a few words. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll be in Cape Town like, no, sir, I need your help. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You can you can say, uh, let me see, which which other which other um what other words are there to learn? Just kind of like meeting someone for the first time, like how far, and you respond like I did. I did means like I'm good. I did. Yeah, I did. So how far I did? You don't chop. That's have you eaten? That kind of thing. Wow. No, so, yeah. no more chop. You. You. Don. Don't. Chop. Chop. Yeah. Don't chop. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So yeah, I mean, the the world is global, but hey, you know that 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 there are lots of things to learn. Um, uh, outside but yeah this has been fun um this is really fun I, I feel like I, I have a couple of questions i haven't asked you no go for it i feel like this this is going by so quickly <laughs> i know right i know i kind of like wanted to ask about uh your, your time in california even though we've yeah. moved on from that topic uh, i mean you were inside of barbara you were in california were you close to the tech community in any way or did you interact with that space because um, I, I feel one thing that technology offers, right, in our bid to 
kind of like uh, make the world a better place or, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like sustainability, whatever, like leveraging technology and anything you want to do. So I, I'm just curious to know if you interacted with the whole ecosystem, like San Francisco, Silicon Valley, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, when I was living in in San Francisco, really, you, you definitely felt Silicon Valley was like nearby. I mean, I felt like I probably drove around. Yes, I definitely drove around that area and saw like Google and Facebook and all that stuff. And a lot of people from that worked in Silicon Valley also lived in San Francisco. So you would see like these huge buses like kind of transporting the people from San Francisco to Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. But really, I mean, California is just such an incredible place that you definitely sense this whole kind of innovative, I don't know, um, environment Mm -hmm. where even just like that's where I definitely started to see more about like how businesses could be more involved in their carbon footprint and just be more responsible. Like in San Francisco, you had you went to any store and all the cutlery they would give you was compostable. Wow. Like a few few places gave you straws. Um, just anything that you would purchase, it was you could either compost it or it was re- easily recyclable. Gotcha. So it was just like I was like, wow! And there's no plastic bags there. Like mm. the grocery stores give you brown bags. So I was definitely in like the mecca of. I mean, there's definitely more to be done, but definitely feel like they are more like a step ahead, step like anywhere ahead. else. Um, so it, it was a very interesting place to live. And then when I was in Santa Barbara, that was also like a, a whole other experience, but it was very amazing because I lived in a small college town next to the university. So it's very much like what you picture, like a coastal California town, like people with their bikes. The beach was like right Surfing. there. Okay. Yeah, so it was it was really amazing to also be very much like, um, I don't know, you you felt like you definitely were less impactful. Like I mean, I would bike every day, and then there was like this cute little like grocery co-op where you would get your fresh fresh vegetables. It's definitely like a whole other life that I really miss. But gotcha, gotcha. It's very, it's a very like I love California. I I hope that maybe my life takes me back there one day. <laughs> California. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean California is always a step ahead of the curve, like you say, and a lot of that has to do with like government policy, right? Like yeah. they're always implementing new policy. I mean I was doing some research on um women in boards and executive positions and yeah. California has passed this law that uh, each company, if you are publicly listed, you have to have uh, uh, I think 30% or 40% of your board makeup be women. Yeah. Okay. If you're publicly listed and you're headquartered in California, mm-hmm. you know, so most of those tech companies are going to have a bunch of, that's if they don't like go outside and uh, incorporate in Dublin or whatever. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but yeah, that that's by the way. But yeah, it's a pretty interesting city. And a friend of mine who's, who wants to take the bar, and he was talking about taking the bar in California, the state of California. And I was like, oh, isn't like the New York bar exam like the most difficult or whatever? And he was like, dude, do you know how many freaking laws California has? <laughs> <laughs> True, yeah. I was like, yeah, it's a lot. Like even voting in California is, is like, it's, the process is a little bit more cumbersome than voting anywhere else. Because California is always a step out of, which is good. Yeah. You know, they always put a lot of things. So it's not just about money. It's it's always about like sustainability yeah. and, you know, um, things like that. So, hey, pretty good. Okay. Uh, thank you very much for coming, Natalie. Mucho gracias. Ah, nada, no, sir.
Muchas gracias por tenerme aquí. Oh, okay, okay, you have to tell me what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me here. Let's say that one more time. Muchas gracias por tenerme aquí en tu podcast. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm getting there, guys. I'm getting there. <laughs> no problem. I'll, I'll probably get like a Spanish dictionary or something. What's the best way to learn Spanish? Do I have to watch a lot of soap operas? What would I need to do? <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty much just being immersed in it. So just kind of hang out with me and my like Spanish peeps, Def and then you can definitely. I mean, now that I know that there are a lot of El Salvadorans in DC, <laughs> definitely we'll see how we can bring El Salvador. There's also a large Ethiopian community and yeah. a bunch of other Sudanese community also. But hey, we'll it's see. Like DC is so diverse, really. So. Yeah, and is. so many good foods as well. <laughs> it is. Oh, are they like El Salvadorian restaurants, like yes. specifically for El Salvador, or just kind of like Latino restaurants? No, there are like Salvadorian restaurants. There's a okay. really good one in Arlington. Really, Doña Susana. <laughs> Doña Susana. Yes. What's oh. What's the major dish in El Salvador? What's like a staple food? Pupusas. Pupusas. Yeah. That sounds like a drink. No. <laughs> sounds like mamosas. <laughs> oh, my God. It sounds like fufu. Fufu is a West African pupusas. What's it made from? It's uh, It has um, corn dough, and then you put inside cheese, or you can put beans and pork. Wow. Whatever. Like, there's, like, stuff. Wait, so the corn, uh, corn is used to make, like, a dough, like, bread, kind of. Yeah, so it, it looks kind of like, have you seen, like, those thick tortillas? Yeah, probably. Cool. Yeah. But... <laughs> I'll, I'll but it's it. like a, a flat kind of tortilla that you have like that's stuffed with beans. Gotcha. You can choose either just cheese or cheese and beans, beans and pork. Like there's different varieties that you can have, and I love it. That's like okay, pupusas. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna try out some pupusas really yeah. soon. Arlington, right? Yeah, I mean there's a bunch in DC, but I feel like that one is the one that gotcha. Okay. Other when you come back from uh, Dubai, we'll take a trip. Definitely. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And I'll, I'll, I'll allow um, Natalie wrap up in Spanish. So just kind of like thank everyone for listening. Tell them to follow us on social media and send us an email. Podcast at gmail.com. Go. Cool. Okay. Uh, muchas gracias a todos por escuchar. Eh, asegúrense de seguir a Nosa en, los, en las plataformas sociales. <laughs> and email at... Culture class podcast at gmail.com. There you have it. <laughs> hey, gracias. <laughs>